do you have like an intro for this show or is this just kind of we no, just kind of start talking a little bit it's just a, a hairy mess okay <laughs> just, <laughs> just good. capture audio and hope sure. for the best sure okay um yeah i don't know what were we talking about we're drinking some some good beer that you brought from new york which yeah. is much appreciated you know i tried to s- uh, set a precedent for this podcast where we'd start out and be like oh what are you drinking josh yeah. and i have this <laughs> and then like three episodes later it's just like he quit drinking <laughs> or i have other people on the show and it's yeah. just yeah it breaks the routine but mm-hmm. i have a i've never heard of it it's called super soft ipa it has a little teddy bear on the front yeah and it says it's an ipa with no boil hops i have i don't know what that I, means that makes me uh, assume that usually you boil the hops and they didn't for whatever reason they probably put the hops in during the fermentation perhaps um because i know that's a thing that you can do but it's been a long time since i made beer so um this one's but it's it's pretty smooth this is the springdale nope sorry jack jack's abbey brewing the citrus got real kettle sour Mm. that's pretty good where is this from? Citrus. I'm assuming this is from New York. I tried to find ones from New York. Yeah. Which I'm in Beer City, by the way. This is from Massachusetts. Birmingham. Oh, okay. Framingham. Framingham? Framingham. Framingham. I don't know. Yeah. Listeners maybe, of Massachusetts, maybe that's, let us know. Maybe it's Maine. Is MA Maine or? That's Massachusetts. That's Massachusetts. Okay. Wait. <laughs> Maine's MB, right? Yes. Okay. I was trying to think of Maine. I was like, shit. May, is, is Maine MI? I was like, nope, that's already taken. That's Michigan. That's where we are now. Um, and this one is, where is it from? Hopwell or Hopewell Junction, New York. Okay. I have no idea where the hell that is. Nice. Um, Very cool. But yeah. Do, do I need to introduce myself since uh, well, listeners probably don't? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I think we have name dropped quite a few episodes sure. <laughs> of a, a listener, Nick. Yeah. So, yep. welcome. Yeah, so I'm, I'm Nick. Uh, yeah. That's, Excellent introduction. That, that was my the introduction. The audience yeah. is riveted. <laughs> riveted. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. We know each other from, was it third grade? Yeah. Yeah, second grade, something like that. Second, so third early grade. on in elementary school. Because I was best friends with Jason mm-hmm. in second grade, but yep. then he moved in third grade. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. We really started hanging out know. around third grade. Yeah. And so we've known each other since elementary school, and yeah, we've yeah. pretty much know. been friends since, and uh, we roomed together in college for yeah. all four years, and uh, yeah. And then you moved away and left me behind. <laughs> <laughs> I finally, I finally got Mike to come out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will not be coming out. So <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you came out for a visit a a, a long while ago. Yeah, I uh, I would actually like fun. to come again. That would be yeah. really nice. I, I like New York. It's a great place to visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not really interested in living in, in a big city like that. It's but. hard and expensive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you guys ever think about? like other places to live or do you guys pretty i know mary loves new york but yeah is that ever i think about other places uh like seattle mm-hmm. and um i've never even been to denver but mm-hmm. places like cool. that that seem like you know it's a city but you also have like mountain mm-hmm. views and stuff yeah it sounds like a nice mix yeah um because it's nice to to get out and see nature and stuff yeah. um but i don't know whenever i visit places it's like um you're so overstimulated in new york Mm -hmm. that after you know living there when you go anywhere else it's like you're coming off of a drug yeah and so 
you can go some someplace new you know like um i've been to seattle a few times now for work and it's really nice and like great fresh air and all of that and it's still a city a small city right but after about three days i get a little antsy (laughs) it's funny to hear people talk (laughs) about seattle as a small city because it's got to be like top 25 largest cities in the country right i mean yeah probably (laughs) but compared to new york everything is a small city like boston is a pretty small city and and i would consider um, boston to be a pretty big city (laughs) i guess when i think of city i think of the the dense urban center Mm -hmm. and you know i guess the general definition of a city includes a lot of the suburbs and kind of the sprawl around it sure um but like in new york it's like you can you can go for miles and and it's and it never thins out. You yeah. know, it's still just as dense as it right. was, you know, where you started. So that's I kind of like how it's inexhaustible. The thing that I've always noticed about New York that I've n- never seen really in another city is just how um I guess how many services there are, I guess is, is mm-hmm. the best way. Like your neighborhood has, you know, you can walk a couple blocks and have everything you need yeah and i've never experienced that in another city where you know like you know a lot of places have really great mass transit and you can get to you know a grocery store within uh you know a mile maybe or whatever Mm -hmm. but i've never really experienced another city where it's like oh yeah we have a grocery store it's like on the corner (laughs) we live we live above a pet store (laughs) and next to that is our laundromat Mm -hmm. and inside the laundromat we have um a bar so (laughs) i throw in the laundry and i go get a beer it's a it's a pen it's an antique pinball shop sure pinball arcade slash bar <laughs> with a laundry mat in the front and you gotta have a differentiation of <laughs> yeah, services exactly. so that you can get and then at the corner customers. we've got the deli you know yeah. you can get any kind of like milk or veggies or whatever you need at three in the morning yeah. um, and that's the other thing is everything is open yeah as late as you want it to be it. open really i mean not obviously not everything like you know cvs or rite aid or sure. like bigger brand stores they have normal Open human up. hours yeah, right. <laughs> but these like smaller mom and pop businesses they're just around the clock and they've yeah. got i don't know different shifts someone yeah. is always there yeah chicago would probably be the closest i could think of yeah. as a place that would have that kind of thing but and i mean in addition to the obvious convenience <laughs> it also brings me this peace of mind to know like if it's like two in the morning and i need something or even like if i'm home alone doesn't happen so much anymore but you know if i'm feeling lonely or whatever i can look out the window and just see people like walking down the sidewalk in the middle of the night just going about and you just feel like there's always someone out you know doing their thing and what are they doing (laughs) i have no idea why are you out but you know there's times where mary has sent me out at like We'll be watching a movie and it'll be like one in the morning and she'll be like, I want popcorn. And I'm like, I'm not putting pants on. And she's like, I want popcorn. I'm like, I'm not putting pants on. And then eventually I break down and she sends me out to the store at one in the morning to get popcorn. Right. (laughs) Because you can. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I listened to this, um, this other podcast, um, which I was thinking of doing like a meta podcast where I just, I sample other podcasts (laughs) that I'm listening to because I'm so in a podcast at this point mm-hmm. where I just reference other podcasts. You could be a podcast reviewer. I could. A podcast that reviews podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was this one, uh, I think it's a sociologist, anthropologist. Anyway, her thing was cities. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about cities since like the beginning of cities in like, you know, 3000 BC. And um, how the, the main... Th- 
main thing people uh the main thing that makes a city a city is the services that mm-hmm. are there and they're there you know they're more widely available and so it would start out as um you know different tribes or different different towns or whatever in a region would live their own lives separately and um maybe once a year like they have a summer festival and they all come into like this kind of meeting place or maybe it's like maybe it's the location of their like leader yeah. or something and they would you know the leader would then host like a dance or some social event and that's usually kind of like an excuse for the the different uh social orders to cross pollinate and you know marriages would happen and stuff like that and then of course while this is going on you have someone selling their fur and their grain mm-hmm. and um and I guess her theory is that, like, at some point, the party just kept going. And we know, archaeologically, that these are places where people came repeatedly, over and over again. They came, they had celebrations, they had fires, they did cooking, they interred their dead. And all of that was very exciting including probably also people coming along with trinkets to sell or also, you know, people coming along for a little romance, you know, down in the village where there were only 50 or 60 people at any given time. Marriage prospects were probably rather limited. So the idea of going to a ritual event, um, you know, was something like a festival atmosphere so that you could have a little shopping, a little ritual, a little romance all at the same time. But there was kind of a catch about these ritual centers, and that is that after you were done with the ritual, you were supposed to go home. So when we think about places like Stonehenge, we think about places like Gebekli Tepe, there are still no cities anywhere near them. So it took something more in order to be able to get people to live in a place that was kind of like a permanent festival atmosphere. And once that started, once you had a kind of economy of people living together, of all kinds of new opportunities for romance, for education, for medical care, that's when the first cities got going. There's like a tipping point where like, this is so great, you know, good economically or whatever, right. that they just kept going and everyone just moved in. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. Like, yeah. a, like a burning man or something where people <laughs> just refused to leave. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to go. <laughs> So when you're, I've always kind of wondered this is when you, uh, from New York, like what's the, how long does it take you to get to someplace that's not like a city, like what you would consider to be a city? Like how far do you have to travel to get to like a lower density kind of area? Like a, not even like a suburbs, but like a, Mm -hmm. you know, not even like country, but I'm just, you know, I'm thinking like where, where there's like nature, (laughs) where things are more spread out. Well, I guess I have two different answers because it's it interesting. Um, Mary's uncle and cousin and mom came to visit, was it last week? A couple weeks ago. And um, maybe beer and podcast just don't mix. <laughs> um, and her uncle, he, um, he loves his garden in North Carolina and he has like an amazing garden with like sunflowers that are like taller than you and, and hummingbird feeders and all over. So he just loves nature. Sure. And, um, but he's also, I don't know. It's like Christmas for your dad. You're like, what do you get this guy? I don't know. (laughs) So like he came to New York for the first time in his life, finally to visit us. Um, and we're like, what do we 
take his name's Lorenzo. It's like, what do we take Lorenzo to see? Oh, yeah, like, I, I like, think I've met Lorenzo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah at, at our, at our wedding, wedding, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, he's, he's, a, really cool he's guy. a really nice <laughs> yeah. guy. He's, he's really sweet. Um, but like, he's never been to the city, and New York has so much to offer in terms right. of like culture and events and music and food, blah blah blah. And um, they did end up going to like the Met Museum, mm-hmm. which which you've been to. Yeah. Um, but most of the visit actually was taking him to all these green places. So mm, like parks and stuff. Day like that, one, sure. we went to central park, yeah. which is massive. Yeah. Once you get there and you walk in, so we went, we got off at the, um, at the F stop. Um, I think 70, 70th or 72nd, mm-hmm. uh, where the Dakota is. And we said, no, this, you know, where John Lennon and Yoko Ono lived and where he was, uh, you know, shot. And then, you cross the street and you go into one of the Central Park entrances. They have the um, Imagine Memorial, oh, and cool. it's like this thing in the ground. It's all tile, and they usually have someone there playing Bad Beetle covers, <laughs> um, asking for money and yeah. stuff. Um, so we started out there, and then we, you know, walked in and um, went down this little river, and you know, went up to the Bethesda Fountain, and walking through it, I just kind of was reminded how big it is. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, um, I don't remember, like 60 blocks. It's right. huge. Yeah. Um, and once you're in the middle of it, you kind of begin to forget that you're in New York City. You don't sure. hear the honking yeah. or the traffic. I, I remember that from when I yeah. visited, yeah. And you can look around and see, like, you know, the silhouette, the the sky, uh, skyline in the distance. Um, but that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then... The next day, we took him to the New York Botanical Garden, mm-hmm. which I'd been to the Brooklyn Botanical Garden in Brooklyn, um, it, but the New York one is in Bronx, and it's a little bit further away, so we hadn't been. Yeah. But it's it's also extremely <laughs> it's bigger than Central Park. Okay. Um, wow. you have to take a little trolley around. They have in, they have multiple forests <laughs> if you want to just go hang out in the Maplewood Forest oh, or nice. in the Conifer yeah. Forest or yeah. whatever, and um, and then they have little you know botany houses and stuff. So anyway, it's just long story short, we spent like the majority of his New York visit in all these green spaces yeah, and, yeah. It, and there's a park right where we live, like right. down the street. Uh, it's like four or five blocks um, and just kind of thinking like, wow, there's a lot of like greenery yeah. in New York. I haven't yeah. really paid attention to So that's one answer yes. <laughs> in terms of like, like if you want to go to like where hiking, it thins out camping and like that kind of stuff, like if you wanted to be okay. like really like in nature and like. That kind of stuff. Well, I was, I was going to say, in terms of, like, neighborhoods, like, yeah. when you get further out into Queens or further up into the Bronx, you get actual, like, houses, mm-hmm. like what you have here yeah. in your neighborhood. And um, that's probably, by train, maybe 50 minutes okay. or at least half an hour by train. But, um, yeah, then if you want to go hiking, I remember I did this a couple years ago. I was looking for something to get to without a car because yeah. almost all camping, you know, you got to right. drive up to yeah, the campsite. Sure. And I was like, shit, I didn't own a car at the time. So Mary and I were looking up on timeout New York and mm. they actually have an article of like campsites you can get to by the <laughs> train or whatever. That's funny. And, uh, there's this special train system called Metro North. And, um, I don't know what you call it. It's like a, medium weight like train a, like it's, a regional yeah connector it's not kind of thing. it's not subway but mm-hmm. it's not amtrak yeah um mm-hmm. it's like 10 bucks and it goes way out of new york up the hudson river mm-hmm. into um connecticut and, and mm-hmm. whatnot so we took that up um a few stops so 
um, I think that trip is about an hour and a half. Okay. And then you get off, and there's a service where they pick you up at the train <laughs> station. <laughs> Do you use your cell phone as an app that you download to like? <laughs> no, I actually had to email the guy. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's they they make a lot of money off New Yorkers. I for guess. for your millennials, they that will are. they will drop your bags off at your campsite, and they. They don't drop you off at the campsite. They'll oh. drop you off at the trailhead, so you and, and you can hike in, you know, carefree. <laughs> Your bags are waiting for you. This is like the, uh, this is like the uh, trendy urban like version of like yeah. like we want to have an experience, yeah, into getting into nature, right? But it, it at least it wasn't glamping. It was yeah, actual. Sure. Yeah. It's um, it was just a a dirt site with a uh, fire pit, mm-hmm. and then you're in the woods and. Yeah, well, I mean, you can see the other campsites, but yeah. Um, yeah. it was pretty cool. I mean, that's the way we camp, yeah. too. I mean, that's, that's how yeah. our camping's always been. <laughs> so. Not not drawing a line of rope between two trees or, or something. I mean, we it. do that, but oh, okay. that's just to hang <laughs> yeah. up the wet clothes, yeah, you know, yeah, while yeah. We're <laughs> when we go to the beach or whatever. But, yeah, we don't. Yeah. Um, oh, and then if you want to go to the beach, I mean, yeah. you can go to the beach in New York. It's kind of dirty, though. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. That, that takes like an hour. <laughs> All of these things are like at the end of the line, mm-hmm. you know, in whatever direction you want to go. The, the beach is down, you know, at the end of the queue. And I and feel like I remember from Eternal Sunshine, them going to the beach in, in They went to Montauk. Montauk. Yeah. 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 That's the uh, Long Island Railroad. Okay. Take, take that all <laughs> the way out on Long Island. Yeah. That's that's my only experience of the mm-hmm. beaches around New York. Yeah, so that's like a couple hours away. Mm. That's cool. So yeah. yeah, that's that's what I mean when I think of New York is, well, New York is a big city, but since that is my reference point, everything else is a small, small. city. Yeah, because like in Seattle, you could go for twenty minutes and you're out of the city. Yeah. So you went. I know you went to Tokyo, right? Um, Tokyo so is the does, exception. Okay, <laughs> just, did Tokyo feel bigger than New York, or oh did it feel about the, like the same? Did it feel like home? No, or did it, it feel felt like... immense. Okay, so I, I, wanted, well, that's I wanted to move there. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> so I have this other like compulsion where like I want to live in a place to really absorb it. Mm-hmm. And um, is Tokyo considered to be the largest city in the know. world? I, I, I'd be curious. Uh, yeah. I mean, the different there's like ways to measure it, like sure. population, yeah. square footage, I'm, I'm and all that. About that but I heard that it's about like the urban centers mm-hmm. are like seven times the size of New York. Yeah. Well, I think they have more population yeah. per capita or per mm-hmm. square mile or whatever it is, you know, whatever that, that judgment is, but um, just because they live so dense in Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah, but I, I loved it because it's like... I mean, this is true of New York, too, but, like, you walk several blocks, and then you can turn one way and go another several blocks, and it's a whole other world. It's, you yeah. know, a different neighborhood, different vibe. Got the classy, like, upscale shopping, and then you have, like, the hip, you know, punk clothing, or <laughs> you end up in the arcade district in Akihabara. Oh, gosh. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, oh, and on so and bad. on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous of Mike. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So what have you been up to? Um, not much. Yeah, it's been kind of a busy summer. Um, yeah. We uh, we went camping with our kids. Uh, Where did you go camping? Um, we go up to um, near Traverse City. There's uh, mm-hmm. So it's Sleeping Bear Dunes National oh, Lakeshore, nice. uh, which I'm sure you've heard of. I've been there, but I haven't yeah. camped there. Yeah, so we, that's um, it's our favorite spot. It's uh, Glen Arbor is the name of the town. And, um, it's our, we've, uh, we've gone there, um, since I think before we got married and that's always been where we go camping. Mm -hmm. Um, 
at least once a year and we usually tried we used to go to a lot of other places as well but having kids uh the camping experience is different um because of like the car time well yeah there's the car time but also just the camping is so much more work um Uh so you know most people want to go um on vacation to relax Mm -hmm. uh when you have kids vacations aren't relaxing anymore it's Uh, it's about educational experience yeah it's kind of about taking them uh somewhere more than it is about having time for yourself um and so we uh so yeah i i actually like heard this uh somebody i can't remember if it was like a podcast or a blog post or something i was reading but they said you know um camping with kids is is more work than it is being at home because you have to you have to plan everything and you have to like and it's out of their routine so they're you know not used to what um what's going on but it was it kind of makes me think of like sending astronauts to the international sure. space station yeah, exactly where like <laughs> everyday routines yeah. suddenly are like yeah, oh a I lot harder poop in this like bag and yeah, then it, yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't know what it'd be like with with kids but it's just like yeah your everyday yeah, so if stuff you took the kids to the international space station it'd be a lot of work <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't run, they wouldn't be able to run as far no they, they wouldn't it's still gonna float away um but it was a lot of fun because mm-hmm. it was um like it was really they kind of all, both both of our kids so our for reference point our son is almost three and our daughter is a year and a half and so both of them um seemed like they kind of came out of their shell a little bit you know and oh, yeah? it's kind of that you know you get out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and then suddenly you're you're experiencing all these new things and um we noticed it especially in our daughter who wasn't really walking before we went camping and then ever since we've came back well while we were camping she like started like really walking and you know partially probably because it's not fun to crawl on dirt and and rocks and stuff like that but motivated but um but i think it was just she wanted to explore and she realized oh i can I can walk and that's an easier way to explore all these mm. things than uh crawling around and so ever since then she's been doing that like crazy and and then um yeah our son just kind of he just loved you know the experience of he, you know he's he's a he's been a very routine kid for um since he's been born and um so he it was a lot of fun for him to like sit around the fire and not have to there's no schedule uh, yeah and not have to go to bed at a certain time and he gets to like sit around the fire and cook marshmallows those are the best and, moments yeah, when there's exactly. no bedtime yeah exactly and i mean there was a bedtime you know because we have we have to still keep them on as much of a schedule otherwise they're going to be cranky because three-year-olds that aren't you know going to bed on their normal time schedule uh, get cranky um but you know it was just a lot of fun to for him to experience all these new things and mm-hmm. you know uh get to go fill up water and that that's like a whole yeah. other thing like you have to go get your water it's not right here in front of right. you and just experiencing all those new things that you kind of take for granted when you're at home um, right and so. but more than like for us it's take for granted for uh, a child it's probably like the first time like they just realize like wait yeah. what water doesn't always just like come out of the come out, sink right like, exactly yeah hmm. and then you know he that was it wasn't the first time he's ever been to the beach but it was definitely one of the first times he's really kind of experienced you know going to the beach so that was really cool and i don't know it was just yeah so that was like a really fun um trip and kind of eased a lot of my anxiety about because i was really anxious about going camping before that with with kids because yeah we went when he was um eh, probably 10 months old maybe or something like that it Mm -hmm. was and then we haven't gone since our daughter was born and um so I was a little anxious about it just because I was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. He's got his own routines. Like she's got her routines as well. And just, I didn't want to get them, um, 
you know, it just it just seemed like it was going to be a lot a lot of work, but it was totally worth. So, um, as a non parent, what what happens if they break the routine? Um, they just you know they just get cranky or yeah yeah. So I mean, you try you. I this is kind of our parenting philosophy, but but we like to keep them as much on their routines as possible, just because um, when they know what to expect, they're a lot happier. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's I I think adults are like this too, Um, and I don't you know I I think when you're I feel less anxious when I know what's coming, and that's exactly and for a child it's even more so because you know as an adult we can we can understand like oh this will end at some point like this you know thing that's not that's upheaving my life right now is going to end at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a child, like they might not realize, you know, they might think this is the way that life is going to be now. And so that's, you we know, live in the woods of, now. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we always, that's actually one of our, our jokes about like our kids, like we'll have our, um, like our daughter will get like stuck right in between like a chair and like the table or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like, she'll like kind of whine and then she kind of like resigns herself and then we we always look at each other and we like kind of do her voice and we're just like well this is life now i live in the table (laughs) (laughs) this is life yep um but it's just yeah so yeah i i and i mean this also is probably a little bit of myself coming out a little bit but i'm a very routine person as well so i think part of that has kind yeah. of I mean, he's always been my... a lot more regimented than me yeah i am definitely more I, I'll, of that I'll person. just sleep in till one two uh, in the afternoon i'll wake up and and you'll be like halfway through guitar hero for I the know. fifth time <laughs> <laughs> i know even in college it was like you know yeah. i have my work schedule like very regimented yeah. and my classes i always went to all my classes and that was not always true of everyone in our household in our yeah. house that that we lived with but mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah so that was a really good experience and makes us a little bit less anxious about going on trips with our kids now mm-hmm. and um it's hard because as parents you know it's really good for kids to get out of their comfort zone and go new places and experience yeah. new things and meet new people but it's really hard to also be like okay this is gonna be a lot of work for us to do this yeah. which is pretty much parenting in a nutshell um <laughs> like you you've don't got go, a plan ahead and yeah, but I mean, you don't go into parenting thinking like, "Oh, this is going to be great for us." <laughs> it's like, no, for a long time, it's not going to be great for you. <laughs> I know those the sad scenarios where it's pretty evident that like a they like decided to have a kid to save their marriage. Yeah, I'm like, that. oh no, why, no. why? That would, if anything, that's going to cause more stress between the two of you. Like, yes. you need to be like on the same page. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So that was a pretty cool part of the summer. Um, you went to, um, was it a, a board game yes. convention? So or? I went to Gen Con, uh, which is the largest board game convention in North America. Um, what, is, what is Gen short for? Geneva, um, which is odd because it's the Geneva La- Convention. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <It> is. <laughs> I know it that was, one. It was the uh, Lake Geneva Convention is what it used to be called, which is Lake Geneva in Wisconsin. So when it was started, oh. um, it was in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and it is now in Indianapolis, uh, Indiana. Um, and so, yeah, it's just now shortened to Gen Con, but it is uh, mm-hmm. it's in its like 53rd year or something like that. So Holy it's been cow. Going for a long time. Um, it used to be a lot more role-playing games. Um, it was actually, mm-hmm. I, th- I could be wrong about this, so, you know, write in if, if I'm wrong. But uh, I believe it was founded by Gary Gygax, who was the inventor of D&D. Um, really? Yeah. So he was. It used to. Be, it kind of 
built out of their like wargaming and and role playing and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and it was just like some friends in a basement that got together to do this like convention right um and then it just kind of grew out of that inviting more and more people and then eventually now it's seventy thousand people come to this uh convention which I, is pretty I, large i was just doing mental math and i realized that now the 70s is like 50 years ago right yeah yep <laughs> wow yep um, I don't know. It's def is a total tangent, but <laughs> <laughs> like for most of my most of my life, I kind I don't know. I always benchmark um, when people said like you know ago is like a relative point from the year two thousand. Mm-hmm. So if you're like fifty years ago, I'd be like, oh yeah, nineteen fifties, right. or you know thirty years ago, I'd be like, oh seventies, okay. Nope. But now, uh, man, yeah. I think about that with the nineties a lot, right? So weird. I'm like I'm like the nineties were like twenty five or more years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was paying attention. Yeah. And that's interesting. No, that's but fine. <laughs> my my brain was like spinning. I was yeah. like, wait, what's seventies? Oh, sure. Okay, yeah. Because yes. I listened to this and I was, I was trying to think of any other conference that would be that old. Mm-hmm. Um and I was just listening to this audiobook called Cult of the Dead Cow and about this um this like very OG uh, hacker um, collective, and they were having conventions, I think, in the 70s and 80s. And uh, so, yeah, it's mm-hmm. around the yeah. same age. Yeah. So it started started more as, like, role-playing. Yeah, and it still is. I mean, uh-huh. it's, it's a very large role-playing convention. A lot of people, like, we were, uh, I know when I was talking to Xander, who's doing our D&D campaign uh-huh. for us, like, he was, like, super excited about it. Like, he knows Gen Con as, like, the place to go if you yeah. like role-playing games. And so, he, you know, he was, like, really interested in, you know, what I was doing. And I'm sure Mike also knows a lot about it as well. Um, how, so, yeah. How, how do you compare that with um, PAX? Yeah. I haven't been to either one, but I it seemed like PAX was a, a mix of role-playing. Yeah, and, and so is Gen Con, for, okay. for that matter. But um, So PAX is hard to judge because it's new. Um, so, so this is, you went last year though. Yeah. Right? So this is PAX Unplugged, which is an offshoot of PAX proper. Which oh, is I didn't a, know there was a proper. Yeah. I thought that was the thing. Okay. <laughs> so PAX, uh, is a, is Penny Arcade Expo. Um, and mm. I'm assuming you know what Penny Arcade is, right? The, the mm, web I've comics. Heard of it. Okay. So I remember, so Penny Arcade is a web comic series that started, long time ago um but there it's oh i thought penny arcades were like a thing no no no. penny arcade okay. is the is a web comic okay um and it was like all about uh you know video games and that kind of stuff and so they started their own convention which is penny arcade expo huh. um and started in boston uh it still is in boston uh that's where the the main one is and mm. then they have uh, offshoots in a bunch of different cities so they have pack south and they have packs west and uh then now they have packs unplugged so philly right yeah in philly so most of the packs conventions are all about video games mm-hmm. so packs unplugged is the board game equivalent of that oh. um and that was started this will be the third yeah this will be the third year of it so oh. um it's a little harder to compare because it's such, such a young thing but it pr- pretty much brings in all kinds of tabletop hobbies so mm-hmm. rpgs and uh you know board games and any anything that you play that's unplugged right so anything yeah. that's not oh. um well now i want to go to the video game convention i didn't even know that yeah, existed so that's in boston so, um, <laughs> oh, i love which boston is, which is yeah. apparently really or that's pax east maybe pax prime i think pax prime is in seattle mm. i don't know something like that but but the one pax east is apparently really good as well which is in boston hmm. um but yeah apparently 
their booths are crazy there. Like they, because the video game industry has ridiculous amounts of money. Especially the indie games are blowing up too. Yeah, yeah. So I know. I mean, that's they, like, they might not have individually the amount of money, but yeah. I think altogether, indie in general has yeah. a lot of attention now. Right. So I, I've heard like stories that like you go to like the booths and they've got like, you know, forty like PC setup where you can sit there and game. And, yeah. For you know, like Halo or something. Their, I'm like, sure. Yeah. Try yeah. their new games or whatever it is. So, you know, the big, the big booths always have like a ton of stuff. So that's a whole other level of convention, but, um, PAX Unplugged is a little bit smaller than Gen Con is, mm-hmm. but I have a feeling that PAX Unplugged will probably become the largest board game convention. Huh. Um, just because it's got a lot of backing from the industry and Philly is apparently a good place to go, although it's in December. So, yeah. Not a not my favorite place to go in December, yeah. but uh, Gen <laughs> can't really Con think in, of any places I want to go in yeah, December. Gen Con is in August in Indianapolis, which is also not a great place to go because it's humid oh. and it's stinky, stinky, and it's just not a yeah, yeah. It's yeah, hmm. it's okay, but um, yeah, it it was a lot of fun. Um, so I do uh, demoing for a company. Uh, so you weren't just attending; you were like I was participating. Working, yeah. Um, so I I work full time at the booth for uh, Renegade Game Studios, which is a medium sized publisher, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, in the board gaming world. And so I demo their games. <laughs> what 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 kind of stuff does Renegade do, or does is it not like I don't know? I assume like maybe a publisher has like a, a genre that they're known for or something. Um, they do a little bit of everything. So okay. I mean, they're um, they've ventured out into lots of different spaces. Um, they have some games that heavier games which is the kind of stuff that i like which is just like just more strategic games they also have like family weight games that are you know for you know when you play with your you know eight and ten year olds or whatever and you want to have family game night they yeah. have games that you know are good for that um they've also started doing rpgs so they have those and they've they've branched out into all kinds of different stuff um so they're a really great company to work for um and i love that they invite me to come come demo for them that's cool um, side yeah. side gig yeah it's a, yeah and it's a lot of fun and they're just yeah it's a good company so so do you do that just once a year or do you do anything else like uh from michigan for them or yeah um i so the, the way i this got is a job interview I'm no just <laughs> yeah so the way i got um the way i got started with them was they came to our local board game convention one year and um, I had happened to reach out to them asking if they needed somebody to demo games like in game stores and stuff like that because mm-hmm. that was something I was interested in doing. And um, they said, oh, yeah, we're coming to your local convention. Are you interested in helping out? I was like, sure. So I did it with them, and I, apparently I impressed them in some way. Hmm. Um, and they were like, if you want to come to any convention ever, just let us know and you yeah. can come. So I was like, cool. Um, so the following year, which was last year, I went to Origins, which is another convention that's in June. Um, I've actually and, heard of that one. Yeah, that one's in Columbus, hmm. uh, Ohio. Um, and so I did that one and Gen Con and PAX Unplugged with them last year. And this year I'm only doing uh, Gen Con just because it's a lot. Um, I'm gone for like almost an entire week when I um, do the, yeah. the convention. So it's just hard with the family and stuff like that to, to be gone that long. Um, so, yeah, it's nice. I mean, I can do basically any time they want yeah me to go i can or any of them that i want to go to i can go to so mm-hmm. i just kind of choose which ones i want to go to and gen con to me was the best one just from a from a working perspective it was the most fun um hmm. just because it's busy and you're constantly working um you're constantly talking to people 
there's just a lot more of like a buzz. It's more exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of why I wanted to go to that one again. Um, and there's just more opportunity to, so I have, I have a large like community of board game people that I, um, chat with online during mm-hmm. the day. And so a lot of them come to Gen Con as well. So it's an opportunity to kind of meet with them as well. Cause they're from, mm-hmm. you know, all over the country, all over the world. So where, um, where do you find them online? Um, so it was really weird. We all started talking, um, in a Slack channel that was dedicated to our, a podcast that we all listen to. Mm. Um, and so we started chatting in there and then, um, we kind of all moved away from that podcast for various reasons. Uh Um, uh, and then we started our own little chat and it started out as like maybe 25 to 50 of us that were all kind of just like close not so little that, that yeah, pretty good and then um it's now got 250 people wow and we've gotten uh it's kind of like a we it's a it's not an exclusive chat room but it's like an invite only so you have to like know somebody yeah to get people in. are there because right. they've heard about it from someone. so like you can basically invite anyone you want but you have to it's kind of we have like a vetting process basically which is just oh. which is mostly just us saying like hey i'd like to invite my friend rob mm-hmm. and then they would be like okay cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then like you wait to see if anyone objects uh-huh. because like we've and we've had very few people that have ever objected huh. to anybody getting invited so um but it's kind of turned into it's been interesting because we've gotten um some of like the media people in the board game hobby to join us as well so they have an interesting perspective as well oh interesting Um, so yeah just all kinds of people that we chat with um i uh i I just i just asked that because i uh so when i was driving here (laughs) from new york um to grand rapids it's like an 11 hour drive yeah uh, I finished three audiobooks on the way. <laughs> One of them was Cult of the Dead Cow. Okay. Very interesting hacker history and, and all this stuff. And another one was uh, a book, a uh, linguistics book called um, Because Internet. Okay. And it's um, a an overview of internet language and informal speech that has kind of been codified through the internet. Okay. And anyway, really cool book that people should check out. Not that I work for Audible or anything, but <laughs> um, I, no, I would give it to you if I could. But um, the one of the chapters talks about the, I don't know what you call them, like epochs, you know, like in history class, mm-hmm. you have like, oh, there's the Bronze Age, yeah. the Copper Age. And um, so in terms of like internet history, there was an era, which we belong to, yeah. where people would seek out... Um, interest groups Mm -hmm. and you would have like yahoo chat groups and stuff and they were you know boards organized by like cars or you know sewing or whatever um kind of like in what you guys have with with gaming um and i don't know i mean like i see that less and less Mm -hmm. for sure but um it was interesting to hear like in this timeline overview that like that's not a thing anymore at least for people yeah. younger than us that's yeah. not a thing yeah um i think we we still are creating it like yahoo groups may not exist anymore or msn yeah. or whatever but now we have slack and right. so we kind of recreate what we're used to in in yeah. slack and, and whatnot. it is interesting to see the way that like slack and and i think probably even more so um discord yeah. has has really provided that kind of like chat because you can find discord servers for a lot of yeah. things if you're interested. I never really got into I know our friend Mike is really into mm-hmm. Discord and and I guess you but I I downloaded it but I I had this mix of 
of like from zero to a hundred. Like I joined like um th- this Discord group for like PS4, yeah, and another one for like anime because yeah. I play the PlayStation and I'm interested in anime. But you jump in, it's like it's like a thousand so people posting, and then on the other end, it's like, well, I can't find like. So I don't know. I think it's it needs to be a word of mouth thing, like with your group. Right. I think you need to get into. It's really. It's interesting. I think you need to like almost seek out more, even more niche right. than anime. Right. Right. You have to like, and and that's that can be really hard to do. So like, I know um, one of the YouTube. It's really weird, but one of the YouTube series that I follow um, is uh, a guy that plays Football Manager, mm-hmm. which is like a, a video game about literally managing a soccer team yeah um and so so he plays uh, online like he, he he records himself playing the game and mm-hmm. then you know um you can watch him watch him play um it's a really weird thing to be into but anyways he has a discord server for like sometimes the people that watching watch his, is just as enjoyable yeah, right yeah. so he has a um discord server like dedicated to his youtube channel uh-huh. and i don't know how many people are in there because i've never joined it but like apparently they have a lot of conversations like in thing. there but it's not just about his channel it's about the game in general and then i'm sure that they branch mm-hmm. off into other topics as well um and that's kind of where we i got started with these slack channels is we've all joined together because we all like this one podcast right but we all found common ground in gaming in general and so that kind of grew this little community that we have um so yeah yeah they talk about that in the because internet book how yeah. Back in the day, people would join a specific like interest board to like post forum articles or whatever. Yeah. And, and um, you know, but back that was back in an era where the internet was like not everyone was online, right. and so you would seek out people, and um, you're not necessarily if you were there just to talk about you know football manager then begs the question of like well why aren't you all just playing football manager instead of spending time talking about it (laughs) um but in reality is obviously you know just like you know going to a bar or going to a trivia night is people are going to connect and they just have that thing as the the nucleus to connect connect but um i don't just kind of like it makes total sense but it blew my mind at the moment of like like wow there was an era where like internet usage was a minority thing mm-hmm. and you had to like go and find others based on an interest yeah. where now everyone has it and to a degree a, of like everyone has a TV or a phone. Right. And it's almost like a flood of like yeah. too many people. So interested in things and yeah. So it could be overwhelming yeah. and um, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I want to grab another beer. Me too. want to grab Just leave yeah. it ready. Okay. <laughs> Thank you.